Hey everybody, welcome into Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you once again as we get into the late stages of the offseason. Part two of our Atlantic Division preview right here this week. The teams that, well, where their location starts with a B, Buffalo and Boston, up next on our preview. We've got some news and notes. We've got lots of other stuff as we get closer and closer to training camp, to the preseason, to the start of a new regular season for the National Hockey League and the Florida Panthers. Again, Doug Plagans, Jamison Olive here with you. Jamison, we are well into September at this point in time. It's past Labor Day. I better not see those white pants again, my friend. I'm wearing them right now. Oh, you are. You broke the rule already. <laughs> no, but like you said, things are kicking off. I mean, uh, next weekend is a rookie prospect showcase tournament up and uh, up in the Carolinas. So I think is that would you consider maybe that the official start of like hockey work? Yeah, that's like boots on the ground hockey work. That is governed, sanctioned activity. Because like D camps, its own separate thing. Yeah. I think once you get a rookie tournament, that's when you create. The, the, the chain that then links you all the way to next offseason. Even though development camp does happen on the this season side of the Rosen rule, the Dan Rosen rule, it did happen <laughs> after, right? It should technically, it kind of fall. Even it, though it I, happened, yeah. The schedules it's, are it's right back on the normal. fringe. Yes. It's right on the fringe, and the schedules weren't totally back to normal yet until free agency well, the is weir- back on July Well, the 1st. weird thing was, D-Camp was, dur- like, free agency was during D-Camp. Right. Yeah, free agency started during D-Camp. So it, I think until we the, see... Dan Rosen did not know what to do. No, that was a big overlap. And until we see free agency back on July 1st, if that ever happens... You know, maybe they acknowledge that that will never. I don't know. But if that happens, that's when I think the calendar will be totally back to its original spot. But yeah. uh, because July 1st in free agency was a very synonymous. Yeah. I'm, exci- I'm excited to be back to normal here. Yeah, we're going getting there. We're, we're getting, getting there. there. Yeah. But I mean, once we get to the rookie tournament showcase, prospect showcase, whatever we call it, um, we head right into training camp. We head right into preseason. We head right into the regular season. We head right into all star. We head right into the playoffs. And then you just laid it all up. out there. You it's made it there. sound like it's going to go by so fast. It's all and, there. and it does go by I'm quickly. a walking pocket schedule over here. You I got, are. I got all the info. Once it gets started, it does go I can go tell quickly. you generally when things are happening. If you want exact dates, you got to go to FloridaPanthers.com. But generally, I can tell you when things are happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All-Star sometime, uh, sometime a little after the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's around there. Something like that. Royal Rumble probably in there, too. Yeah, but the other the other big news recently was um, the other day the, the national broadcast schedule came out. The Panthers have... Five games on ESPN Plus, uh, and of course Hulu as well. They're they're bundled up there. Um, but I thought it was really cool. The Panthers have two games on TNT, which it might be. I'll have to go back and check, but I feel like that's the most like national national games we've had in a while. We usually always got one, sometimes none, but usually one. But to have two now on TNT, which I, I really like the TNT broadcast, and to have that first game um, at home that that October nineteenth against Philly on TNT, the home opener. I think that's going to be a really good national kickoff for the Panthers for a lot of fans to tune in, see what the Panthers are doing, and then say, you know what, I'm going to keep checking in on this team from time to time throughout the season. I think it's going to be a good kind of, look, here's the Panthers. You saw them last season. You've been seeing them on the rise the last couple of years. Here's a good national audience for for new hockey fans early in the season. And then I think they'll make some new fans there on October 19th. And how many people, Jameson, have we talked to? And we're not saying this just because it's Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. But how many people have we talked to on this show and elsewhere within the hockey world 
people in the media, things like that, who've said that the Florida Panthers last season were one of, if not the most entertaining watch in the National Hockey League. And I think that sentiment made enough waves. That's a big reason why. I think why the last two years you yeah. could say the Panthers are top three funnest teams to watch. And that's why they've gotten this uh, love from the national schedule, which just got announced. And the reason I say top three is because it's, it's, if you say top one, you're just going to get other fans saying our team. And if you say top three, every team... Yeah, we're not out here to get into Twitter yeah, Every fights. fan base is going to assume they're one of the other two if you say top three. So we'll let people just kind of fill that fill that hole there themselves. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we're, we're kicking off here soon. But like you said, Atlantic Division preview rolling along. We got the Buffalo Sabres, the Boston Bruins today. We're climbing the Atlantic Division from the bottom up. Uh, last week we did, of course, the Canadians, the Senators, and the Red Wings. Go back and listen to last week's episode. Just some general thoughts. And there have been some news and notes from those teams yep. since that episode with Ottawa extending Tim Stutzla. Yep. Gave them the eight move. years. Which, yeah. Investing heavily in their core, and that's what you do when you identify a core that you want to roll with. And they've got Kachuk and Stutzla and Josh Norris uh, all yeah, the, locked the, up. The Senators have been opening up the uh, the pocketbook here lately, so uh, good for them. It's always great to see a team spending. It's crazy the Panthers have been just a cap team now for this long. It's kind of like we expect it now, but you and I have been around long enough. We remember when the Panthers weren't anywhere near the cap, and now every season we're fighting for cap space because we're so close to the cap every year, uh, just like this year. Of course, next offseason, some cap space frees up. We can go shopping again in free agency, but this year right up against the cap, which is... It's tough if you're a general manager, but if you're a fan, it's great to see your team being a cap team. It's part of the the, the juggling act, I guess, yes. of uh, of putting together a roster, and you have to know when to go for it, and you have to be able to identify when your peak window is open and you're ready to contend. Uh, it's just part of uh, identifying what you have. So uh, the Panthers are a team that's a contender. We're not going to be getting to them until the uh, late stages of our the final division team, preview. Yes, just the final team. Perfectly. We'll tease that for you right now. We'll, we'll just give it away. We'll have a guest on next week to discuss uh, the Atlantic Division as well, so stay tuned for that. But this week, it's just Doug and I again chatting. And speaking of that, before we get to the and, Sabres and, Mon- and We Bruins, should mention Montreal as well. Carey uh, uh, Price, wish him the best. Hopefully, we get to see him on the ice again at uh, and I, I, I don't think a lot of people expect no yeah. expectations. If he does, it's great, but not a lot yeah. of people have expectations. But like we said, he could steal you some games if he carry, if, he, if he's playing like Carey Price. But it's not going to change the fortunes. Status a bit uncertain for of him. the Canadians this yeah. year. So go back and list that episode if you want to know what's going on there. Mainly, you know what these teams added in the offseason, who they lost, you know how the numbers were stacked up last season, and maybe what they can do this season. Before we get to the Sabres and Bruins, Doug, um, I was at Halloween Horror Nights. Okay, that's Last in Orlando, weekend. Florida. That's in Orlando, yeah. Florida. I've been driving a lot. I went to Daytona the weekend before with Verhage. Yeah. Then Hornites um, last weekend. So I'm happy this weekend. I got nowhere to be. I'm hoping to not drive more than 10 miles this weekend. I'm hoping to stay. 10 miles. So that would, I would say your radius would be like no further Basically south the arena. than Pines. You, yeah. you can't leave the county. <laughs> Uh, I, that's my goal. I'm, I'm put myself under house arrest this weekend for that. But So I was at Hornites. And Hornites is in Orlando, like you said. I feel like Orlando is very much a semi-unclaimed space for, for hockey teams in, in in Florida. Although I think if you want to get closer into te- to the lightning, if you want to get into technicalities, the mile rate, mileage radius yep. and things like that, I think it does technically fall into Tampa Bay's it's about realm. A, but- it's about an, two and a half hours from our arena and probably about an hour and a half from the Lightning's arena. So they geographically are closer. But what I always do when I go to theme parks is I always keep yes, my eyes barometer. peeled. I keep my eyes peeled. I man on the street this thing. I'm, I'm keeping tabs the Jamison ratings out there to see how fan bases are permeating the market. And I got to tell you, at Horror Nights, I saw one Lightning shirt, and I saw three Panthers shirts. So I think... Do I, you talk to the people? I do not. Okay. I do yell, Go Cats. And I got a Go Cats back every time. Because I, I like how much Go Cats has caught on lately. 
you can just shout go cats at people in, in Panthers gear and they know what you're talking about these days. But I think a three to one shirt victory I, I is the battle for South Florida over? Did we do it? Is that it? What do you think? It's possible. <laughs> now, have you ever gotten like an I just liked the shirt from somebody? No. People don't wear like typically like like hockey shirts unless they're in That's invested. true. Yeah. Hockey is not in high fashion where it's just like you you have to have like a You like actively a pursued hat. that shirt or yeah. that article of There's clothes. a million people yeah. in Yankees hats that don't care about the Yankees. They they they're, they're it's more fashion. Although I do think I do think, and I don't know if I'm going to catch any heat for this one, but I do think we're still, maybe maybe we're not quite there anymore, but for a while we were in a phase where it felt like everybody you knew who went to Vegas for a long weekend came home with a Golden Knights t-shirt. And it still, it still is like that because if you go to Vegas, you'll it's everywhere. They sell it everywhere. And I, it's kind of and become, it's become like a part of the souvenir It's become the shop. I Love New yep. York shirt yep. of Las Vegas in a lot of ways. They might not even know it's a hockey team, but they know when they go to Vegas, they'll buy the Vegas Golden Knights because shirt. They, and the, to because say they, they went see to a lot Vegas. of excited locals wearing the gear. Because they say went to Vegas. Yeah. So we're, we're getting there. But I think I, I was happy to see the 3-1 see the to one victory there, an early victory That's for the That's a big Panthers. win. Now let me ask you this. What does it cost to subscribe to the Jameson ratings if an outlet would like to subscribe to those? Are they still in the testing phase and you can't quite get well, that Well, corporate America mainly hires me as a consultant. Okay. Uh, it's, you know... Six month fees, really high price. Six month subscription. Yes, really. and you I, haven't gone I, to the full year yet. I just go into these boardrooms after six months and tell them what I've seen in terms of shirts and their brand, and then they just take that data and mix. They make all their decisions. It's not a bad form of analysis. No, it's 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 right there. It's right there. It's it's not it's not a screen. I'm not looking at spreadsheets. I'm right. I'm I'm down there in the trenches, looking at T-shirts in Orlando. Now let me tell you my story. <laughs> so, uh, the other day I was at Walmart. And I went over there during lunch. I was in a Panthers polo. I was at Walmart back in the appliance section. I will say time out here real quick. And I got to I got to warn people. Doug and I have worn our red Panther polos to Target a lot. And multiple times well, people have asked us for help. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm going here with this. But <laughs> I went to Walmart, which the red polo does not identify with Walmart's no, motif. How the vest. If you don't have a vest, you're not working at Walmart. But maybe I just looked so official. In my Red Panthers polo and you look like a manager. black slacks. Yeah, I looked like I was in charge of something, I yeah. suppose. And I was asked where something was. And I just I said I didn't work there. Now, it happens at Target all the time. I bet you since the last time we recorded Territory Talk, it's happened twice. But we spend, I've spent so much time at that Target across from the arena that when people do ask me, I say, oh, I don't work here. But yeah, it's 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 right down there. I've done the same I, thing. I, I still like, help. Yeah, I don't work here, but what can I help you with? Yes. I know where everything is. I've I've been Although they did remodel that target at Sawgrass and I I'm still adjusting. Yes. It's all it's all turned around. They've done a nice job with that one. The one over at uh University and Broward Boulevard, that one also refurbished. Yeah. Very nice. I have been mistaken for an employee at Walmart, Target, and Winn Dixie wearing my Panthers polo. I think if you just wear a, a tucked in polo anywhere, people think you're you know what you're doing. I think if you tuck working. your shirt in, you might get mistaken for an employee <laughs> someplace. That's why you can't, that's why I don't tuck my shirt in anywhere. I don't want the hassle. Comfort. But one other thing I'll say about Horror Nights before we move to this is at one point we were also in a line for a haunted house, and the gentleman in front of me was a Panthers fan. And we started talking about the cats. And so this this gentleman works for a website called Orlando Informer. He runs it. Basically, the theme park information, all that good stuff. So he was there kind of reviewing the first night of Horror Nights uh, with his girlfriend. And his girlfriend said, this guy's Taylor Strickland, nice guy. He's from um, South Florida originally now, up in Orlando, doing the, theme, doing the theme park thing. 
But his girlfriend was there, and she said, you know, he's obsessed with the Panthers, and I started watching this season, this past season, and now I'm obsessed, and it's awesome. And they said they took a trip to Hawaii recently, and she said the whole flight, all she did was listen to Territory Talk. And I apologize profusely that she had to go through that. But she's a fan of the show now, so a shout-out to them. But like I said, well, thanks for listening. we're permeating that market up in Orlando. And the market up at 35,000 feet. <laughs> the, the, the official podcast of long flights when you, you don't know what you want to listen of to. cruising altitudes. Yeah. I've done that recently, too. You go to hop on a plane and you make sure you have enough podcasts downloaded to cover you for the flight because I really don't want to buy the Wi-Fi for a flight that's not that long. No, but you still... you, you, you want to... Feel Time moves slower world. when you don't have anything to listen to on a flight. There are, some, there are some good ones out there. And for anybody who has taken territory talk along, whether it's been in a car or a plane or a train or a boat or a hang glider or a hot air balloon or whatever that method of transportation is, we thank you very much for and being spe- on board with us Speaking of podcast, Doug, this is a podcast. And we yeah. are talking about the Atlantic Division today, preview part two. Of course, oh, we're Taylor- not reviewing the 1992 Adams Division semifinal between Boston? to Buffalo? We should. But... Bruins snuck by Randy Moeller and the Sabres <laughs> 4-3 in that series. Oh, Moles deserved to win a cup. But Territory Talk, of course, presented, as always, by our friends over at Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. So, Doug, like I said, we're climbing the Atlantic Division. We did the Canadians. We did the Senators. We did the Red Wings. Yeah, they In Game 6, they, forced, they won <laughs> 9-3 to force a Game 7, and then they lost. That's going to be bad to, to win 9-3 to force Game 7 and then just have your offense dry up and score two the next game and lose. That's usually... That the, was hockey back then. That's the way it goes sometimes. That's the way it goes. But that takes us... We're climbing up the ladder. That takes us now to the Buffalo Sabres last season. 32-39 on 11 for 75 points. 22nd on offense. 25th on defense. Definitely not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. But, of course, not a contender just yet. And when I look at their season last year, I think... Definitely you saw progress as the season went on, both as a team and as you know the individuals on the team. And of course, when the individuals are improving, the team will improve mm-hmm. as well. But I remember early in the early in the year, I think it was like November into December, they lost 17 of 20 games. You remember that's when everyone kind of tuned out of the Sabres for a yeah. while there. Because you're like, all right, it's the same old Sabres. But then towards the end of the season, they started getting some bigger wins against good opponents. And then at the Don end Granato of the year, made a huge difference. He did. And then at the end of the season, they won six of eight to end the season. So they went into the offseason, I think, feeling pretty good. And you look at the roster, Tage Thompson, who they just locked up for a, a long extension. I believe it was seven years. So he's a franchise guy for them now. 38 goals, 68 points, led the team in scoring. Jeff Skinner... It's going to be tough to ever live up to that contract, but he was definitely serviceable last year. And he found something playing with Tage Thompson. Yeah, 63 points, so he's productive again. Um, Rasmus Dahlin, you know, an up-and-coming blue liner, former first-round pick. He's kind of coming into his own, 53 points. And then Victor Olofsson, a really nice complimentary offensive piece, definitely a top-six forward, 49 points. So that was the tops, uh, top scorers there for the Sabres. You look at the moves they made this offseason, um, you know, on the way out, Mark Pizik, Colin Miller, Will Butcher. So no stars on the way out. Some good depth pieces right there. We love Mark Pizik here. We'll always be cheering for him. Um, and coming in the other way, joining the team, Ilya Labushkin, um, Riley Shahan, a late addition there, who we also know from his time with the Panthers, and Eric Comrie, their biggest uh, addition this offseason in net to tandem up there with Craig Anderson. And we'll get into a little bit more of that, but Doug, just your general thoughts on the Sabres last season, kind of looking into this season. I think uh, you go back in time, and it was sort of similar to when we saw Marty St. Louis take over in Montreal. It wasn't a move that was going to make a team 
get over the hump and become a playoff team already. There was still a lot of work to be done roster-wise, personnel-wise with the Buffalo Sabres. But when Don Granado came in, it was almost as if there was some kind of just rejuvenation. Maybe it lightened things up. You could tell the guys enjoyed playing for Don Granado and that there was uh, a group of guys that was having fun playing for Don Granado. And it made a big difference. It made them more competitive. So that was a big, a big starting point. Jeff Skinner. They were getting more out of him than they had previously. Playing with Tage Thompson's ha- had something to do with that. The other thing that happened last year, and this is crazy to think with a guy that is a, a star player in the National Hockey League, but to finally put the Jack Eichel situation to rest in Buffalo yep. helped them turn a corner. They were able to just get that noise out of the way. And then they acquired some good players in that trade. We'll see how they all plan out, right? Or pan out right now. They look like pretty good players, but I think one of the big things was getting Alex Tuck in there. Who's mm-hmm. a veteran national hockey leaguer. Who's from upstate New York, who wants to be a Buffalo Saber. And when you bring a veteran guy in, who's, you know, who's been a part of some good teams in Vegas, been a part of the start from Vegas, uh, you know, from he was an original golden Knight. He comes in and he wants to be a member of the Buffalo Sabres. And that reverberates throughout the entirety of a young locker room. That matters to have a guy like that, who was also very productive after he joined Buffalo and a theme that you're seeing too. Yeah. They've got some guys that have been there for a little bit. Kyle Oposo has been there for a bit, but he had a nice year, kind of a, and he, a, a bounce he overcame back injuries him. over these last couple of years. He's, o- like, he's, he's healthy o- again. That's he's a great leader for that. Yeah, team. He's overcome a lot. Uh, you know, he's making a lot of money, but he's overcome a lot. The big thing with them, a, they are, they're letting the kids play. They're giving these guys chances. You're going to see Peyton Krebs. You're going to see uh, Dylan cousins, Jack Quinn players like that. You're going to see them get opportunities. A big thing for them is going to be, first, guys like Dylan Cousins, Casey Middlestat becoming, you know, elevating to potentially top six type guys. They need that out of them. Uh, Owen Power is going to come in this season, so that's going to be uh, another good look on the back end. Mm-hmm. If if he develops the way they think he can and Rasmus Dahlin continues to develop the way that he has, they look pretty good on the back end. Again, this is still a project and still a team in transition, and night to night, we'll see what, uh, you know, Craig Anderson, he's, he's had a great career. He's still going uh, into his 40s now. Eric Comrie, I heard some audio recently. He's, he's looking forward to teaming with Craig Anderson. Is Uko Pekalukkanen going to be the guy eventually? I guess we'll wait and see. I hope that. so, because it's so fun to say. It is fun to say. But they're on track there in Buffalo. There's a plan, and for the first time in a while, it's interesting, because you'd think that when – when it was uh, during the Jack Eichel era, it looked like they had something going there for a little bit, and it just didn't work out for a number of different reasons. But now they've hit the reset button, and it seems like they really are back on track, and they've got some holdovers still from that previous regime and previous era, but they seem to be making some headway in a very crowded Atlantic division. I still don't see them as a playoff team, but I'm not sure that I see them uh, this year being over 30 points out of a playoff spot. I think they might be a little more competitive than that. Yeah, because like I said, you look at the top scorers with Thompson, Darlene, Skinner, Olofsson. I think you can count on those guys to have good seasons again next year. So it really is going to be up to the Peyton Krebs, Casey Middlestats, Rasmus Osplins, like you said, Owen Power. Huge expectations for him. 
can those young guys take a step and you know support those guys that are now a little bit more established in the league? If those guys can all take a step, the team as a whole take a step, and like you said, they'll they they won't finish with seventy five points. They can crack eighty. They can be up there. You know, like you said, probably not a playoff team unless you know everything falls into place because it's the National Hockey League and things can happen like that. But definitely wouldn't bet on it. But definitely, I can see a ten at least a ten point yeah, increase. Eighty five, that'd be yeah. great, and that's a, that's a step forward for a young team. But you look at Ned, and like you said, Craig Anderson, the ageless wonder. You know, we love him down here in South Florida. Um, last season, sub nine hundred save percentage. So a tough year for him, but you know what you're going to get out of Craig between the pipes, and he's still there. He'll be a good you know mentor for those young goaltenders. But, but defense was a little leaky at defense times. Defense was front leaky of him as well. So with a better defense in front of him, those numbers should improve. But could Eric Comrie be the guy? Is he going to carry the bulk of the weight there in net? Because you look at his he's numbers, bounced around a little bit. Ten five and one with a nine twenty save percentage uh, in with Winnipeg last year, backing up Hella Bucks. So great numbers, uh, small sample size, but. He, you have to think, you know, what's he going to do with it, with it, with a, you know, a, a heavier load than that? What can he do with a big workload? And if he can be better, if he can, you know, have a nine, ten save percentage with the Sabers, that's also going to help that team get a lot of extra points. Well, sometimes it takes goalies a little bit longer to get into their prime, and Buffalo's still in a spot where they can take a flyer on a guy like Eric Comrie, maybe give him a little bit of an increased workload and see if he takes the proverbial ball and runs with it. If he turns into a starter, Buffalo's still at a point where they can they can try a few things at this point. They're where Ottawa was a couple of years back, and we see the Senators starting to sign their core players to big deals, bringing in guys like Alex Dabrinkit, trying to make a little bit of a run for it and try to snag a playoff spot. So Buffalo's where Ottawa was a couple of years back, but I do think they're on track, and I do think they are going to be a tougher out moving forward than maybe they have been. Don Granado has them in the right direction, and uh, everybody seems to be happy with the progress that they're making uh, in Buffalo, things seem there. There seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel, maybe for the first time in a while. Yeah, you can Buffalo. see the 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 A to B to C path a little yeah. bit easier now. So uh, again, the Buffalo Sabers don't see them as a playoff team, but I see them. Uh, I think Jameson and I agree there. We see them being closer to the playoff cutoff than they have been in past seasons. Like I said, even if they don't lose 17 to 20 earlier in the season last year, they're in a much better spot. So if they can avoid one of those just tragic runs and just be a consistently okay team throughout the season, they'll be in a good spot. And that leads us to talking about the Boston Bruins. And I That's how I would describe myself, consistently okay. <laughs> consistently okay. I think you're better than okay. I tweeted yesterday that you were my lot, favorite hockey Twitter follower. I don't have a lot of peaks and valleys. I think I'm consistently Cons- okay. Consistent's good. Yeah, not going to knock your socks off, but if you just want something consistent, quick serve. That's me. Jameson Olive, consistently here with you on Territory Talk. Well, it's a good transition to the Boston Bruins because I think every team we've mentioned up until this point, Ottawa, based on what they're doing, looks like they feel like they could be a playoff team. But I think you look at all the teams we've talked about so far, and I I think they all are looking at the Boston Bruins and saying, you know what, we're – we're a team in transition. We're making a push. But if this team, if this Boston team really stumbles hard out of the gate, the door could be open for somebody who was not a playoff team last year to try and make a run for it this time around. And Jameson, we've been waiting for the Boston Bruins to fall off the map for quite some time. If I bet a lot of money every year on every time I said the Bruins were going to take a step back, I'd be... And living. they did have one. I'd be living in the Everglades right now in a tent. They did have one down year, uh, well, five six years ago. They did have a down year and kind of kind of. But I'm talking about even since then. I, I like the last. I think the last three years, I picked them to 
to take a step back and not be the Boston Bruins that they are. Because they keep losing. The core pieces, a lot of them are still there, but they always lose somebody, like one or two people, and you're like, ah, you know, this is the year I think they might really struggle to get that wild card spot or might fall out of it. And every year they say no. So, of course, this year again, I'm picking them to take a step back. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're going to start the season. Because with... I'm not putting money on this. I can say that every year. Right. Uh, we can make the claims. They're starting the season, Jameson, with an injury list. Uh, now, it sounds like Patrice Bergeron, he had some surgery in the offseason, but uh, saw a report recently. He says he's going to be ready for the start of camp. But I guess it's one of those until we see him back at Patrice Bergeron levels, uh, it's still a wait and see. Brad Marchand's out until it looks like at least December 1st. Uh, this coming from uh, the injury report here on uh, on CBS Sports. But uh, there are other other things surfacing day by day. And as we get closer to camp and we get closer to hearing from all the big newsmakers day to day, all these timelines could change. But Brad Marchand's going to miss some time. Mike Riley, questionable for the start of the year. Uh, Jakob Zaborl, he's banged up, but looks like he's probable to start the year. Charlie McAvoy is out until at least December 1st. And Matt Grizzlick is going to be out until November 1st. So... Those big are pieces. those pieces. are some big pieces. If they struggle out of the gate, if they have a below 500 October November, that A can be tough to dig out of in a crowded Atlantic division. As also, the Panthers know, because yes. that was the Panthers for a couple of years. And that swings the door wide open for a team like Ottawa, for a team like Detroit, maybe even Buffalo, we'll see. But it swings that door open for somebody else to have a good start and maybe grab an early upper hand. And you say, yeah, it's early, it's October, November, but the old, the old Thanksgiving Day cutoff does that does carry some water. We've seen that year after year that if you're in that playoff picture at Thanksgiving, you have a pretty good percentage chance of uh, hanging on to your spot if you just continue to play well. So the door could be open with the uh, Boston Bruins, who are also going to have a new head coach, uh, Jim Montgomery, is going to be behind the bench now, yep. and he's accomplished a lot. Back in the National Hockey League as a head coach now. The thing, though, with Boston in the past, we talked about for years thinking maybe they were going to take a step back since Claude Julian, uh, since since they moved on from Claude Julian. But year after year after year, it was the horses as the top line mm -hmm. and Bruce Cassidy working wonders with call-ups from Providence, guys that plugged holes, played a great team game, and getting a lot out of them. Very similar to what Mike Sullivan was able to do in Pittsburgh in a lot of those stretches where they were just getting a lot out of guys that were called up uh, through the system. So whether it was Bruce Cassidy's message went stale, not sure exactly when, what happened behind the scenes in Boston, but now he's going to be coaching the Vegas Golden Knights. Boston's going to have a lot of injuries, and they're going to have a new head coach, and that head coach that moved on, Hey, didn't win a Stanley Cup there. Got him close. Mm -hmm. Didn't win a Stanley Cup. But boy, could he get a lot out of a little at times. And if there was a coach that could navigate you through an injury bug, Bruce Cassidy showed over the last few years he's one of the top candidates to be able to do that. He's not there anymore. We'll see how things go now with a new head coach. Yeah, so looking at the Bruins last season, 51-26-5, 107 points, fourth in the Atlantic Division, did snag a wild card, um, and lost to the Carolina Hurricanes in seven games in the first round of the playoffs last year. Looking at this offseason, they lost Eric Holla, they lost Curtis Lazar, but they brought in Pavel Zaka from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Eric Holla in that deal. Uh, Zaka last year, 36 points in 70 games, former first-round pick, still hasn't really broken out, but... 
something, there something, could be some something. Change there. of scenery, as they always say. Um, looking at the top scores from last year, Marchand, 80 points. Pasternak, 77 points, 40 of those being goals. Bergeron, 65 points. Hall, 61 points. McAvoy, 56 points. 15th on offense, 4th on defense. And so, obviously, once again, as it has been for a long time, their success is through consistent play and a really strong commitment on defense. But like you mentioned, they're not going to start the season with Grizzlick, McAvoy. That's 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 tough right there. They're not going to be fourth on defense without those guys. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm looking like an, an idiot here, but I, I statistically they should be worse without those two really good players right there. Um, between the pipes, Linus Olmark, 26, 10, and two with a 9.17 save percentage. Jeremy Swayman had a great rookie year, 23, 14, and three with a 9.14 save percentage. Two solid goaltenders. They're strong in net. They're set there. So it really is, Doug. Like you said, can they overcome those injuries? And who's it going to be that's going to fill those spots? Yeah, the injuries out of the gate and how things look with a new head coach. And they may need a little bit of a return to form of uh, Hart Trophy Taylor Hall. I'm just not sure that Taylor Hall is at that level anymore. But uh, they're going to need a lot of production out of him. They're going to be leaning on him quite a bit, especially for the first uh, month or so. Yeah, and and one other thing to keep an eye on, of course, too, is Hampus Lindholm, who they did bring over uh, at the deadline last year. Locked him up into a multi-year extension. Uh, he's going to have a, t- a chance to shine on that blue uh, that blue line to start the season with those injuries. So um, I like him as a player. You know, in the ten games he played there during the regular season, he had five assists, 10, 10 games with a plus ten rating. So solid defenseman. He's going to have a ton of opportunity there to start the season. And overall, they're they're counting on a lot from him just because you look at the deal they gave him. Obviously, they think he's a core piece going forward, but definitely a chance to shine for him uh, early on for the Bruins. Can he do it? And I believe a uh, free agency year for David Posternock. So uh, look out. Look out for him. 50 goals incoming. Yeah, he's going to uh, probably be pretty locked in this year. So Boston, Jameson, they're in that interesting spot. And some people might tell you it's a spot that you don't love being in when maybe your core is aging a bit. They're in that spot where They're they're hanging on. Are they a playoff team? Sure, they could be. Could they miss the playoffs? Possibly. Do I see him getting any further than maybe the second round if they if everything goes right? No, I really don't. See, I'm opposite just because I'm, I'm still a firm believer if you make the playoffs, anything can happen. But would I bet on it? No. But looking at their record from last year, like I said, 51-26-5, 107 points. They're not repeating that. I don't think they're repeating that. I think they're going to be closer to 100 points fighting for that last wild card spot with all these other teams we mentioned, mainly because the division is better. Um, and we expect them with the injuries to take a little step back. I'm never going to pick their demise like we always do, but actually I think earlier I did pick their demise. You know, I'm going to say the Bruins missed the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I think it's sticking with it every year. I think it's entirely possible, and you can't make the playoffs in October, November, but you can miss the playoffs in October, November, and this injury situation is murky enough that it has the possibility to – set them back to a point where they might not be able to recover early in the year. So it is the biggest wait and see, I think, yep. of the of the playoff contenders in the National Hockey League. It's the biggest wait and see situation because if if they don't get any of these guys back till well into November, it could be tough sledding the rest of the way to uh, to dig out of that. Or Jer- Jeremy Swayman's really going to have to just uh carry the mail for the Boston Bruins this year, which is entirely possible because I do like where they are between the pipes with him long-term. So there you have it, the Sabres and the Bruins still to come in our series of Atlantic Division previews in no particular order, although we kind of already teased 
who we're ending with. But uh, we are going to have the Lightning Leafs and Panthers coming up to round out our Atlantic Division preview on next week's episode. And we're going to have uh, a guest for you, too, as well, to go over the Atlantic and beyond. And then so. pretty soon we'll have a couple of the guys back on here as we start to get back into camps, checking on what they did during the off season, the summer. So, of course, if you haven't followed us, follow us anywhere you can follow your podcast, whether that's on Apple, Spotify. Also, leave us a review. We always appreciate the reviews. It's always nice to see the feedback. Um, but overall, once again, shout out to the Panther shirts in Orlando and uh, – Things are getting close, Doug. I'm excited. Happy one month wedding anniversary. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> one month. Yes, yes, yes. I have flowers on the way, I'm sure. <laughs> wow. One month. One month since Doug ruled the world and the dance floor. <laughs> but um, no, it, it's it's it. I, once again, we filled an entire summer with territory talk. It's impressive. And we thank all that we couldn't do it without all of yeah. you tuning in week to week, wherever you listen. I've listened lately on Apple Podcasts. I like to go back and make sure I the thing on plays. Spotify. I listen on Spotify. Spotify. Spotify makes it so easy. I mean, Spotify is my my go-to. But Apple Podcasts, you can go to floridapanthers.com slash territory talk. It's always there. There are lots of different places you can listen to your podcast. So uh, we thank each and every one of you who make Territory Talk a part of your listening week. Uh, you're why we do this, and you make it possible. So thanks very much. And, uh, again, thanks for helping us get through another offseason. We are almost out of the offseason and into the on-season. Yes, we're flipping the switch to the on-season. Yes, that'll be very soon. So continue to stay with us here on Territory Talk. Big thanks to all of you for tuning in, Jameson. Anything else for the folks out there? Just a shout-out to Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Our sponsor here. We appreciate them. Couldn't do it without them either. So this has been, as you heard right there, from Jameson Olive. This has been Territory Talk. For Jameson Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. You've been listening to Territory Talk, and we will talk to you next week. 